Hello, and thanks for tuning in to Hand to Hand in the Trenches, a missionary story podcast. I'm Caleb Hickam. And I'm Kimberly Croker. And we are your hosts for this episode of Hand to Hand. Hand to Hand is a ministry outreach of Charity Baptist Tabernacle in Amarillo, Texas. And Hand to Hand is a missionary story podcast that tells the true story of Christians around the world who have hazarded their lives for the Word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. Thanks for coming back to hear our final episode on the life of Zian Morell. Yes, thank you, and welcome back. Uh, last week, we talked about Zian and his family having to leave their home on the falls of the Brazos River and move to the town of Washington, Texas, because of the danger of Indian attack. Yeah, it, it wouldn't be the last time the Morell family would be forced to forsake their home and uh, they had to move many times in Texas. After all, they were living in a wild, untamed land. Unfortunately, the family would suffer many more heartaches and losses in Texas. Oh honey, sometimes I can't help but wonder if it is worth it. Darling, we know our Savior sent us to this great wilderness. If it is His will, that we must suffer loss in order that his gospel might be preached to every nation, then we will remember that we are his servants and he is just in all his doings. So, through joy and sorrow, Zian continued to travel and preach through the sparsely settled regions of Texas. In the winter of 1838, most of the members of the Little Baptist Church at Washington had moved away, and Zian felt that the church was a failure. He was tempted, as he often would be, to return to Mississippi. About this time, Zian and his family were camped on the Colorado River when a man rode into camp. Hello, the camp. Hello, rider. Come on over to our fire. Sir, is your name Morell? Yes, it is. And are you formerly from the Western District of Tennessee? Why, yes, indeed I am, sir. Indeed I am. When you were in Old Tennessee, were you plagued by ill health? Again, the answer is yes. Do I know you, sir? My name is William Scalorn. And no, you don't know me, sir, but I know you by reputation. Well, then I suppose apologies are in order. Adam! Yes, Pa? 
pour Mr. Scalorn a cup of that there hot coffee. Yes, sir. Here you are, mister. Thank you, young fella. Now, Mr. Morell, if I'm not mistaken, you were a Baptist preacher in Tennessee. By the grace of God, I was then, and I am today, a preacher of the saving gospel of Jesus Christ. I'm mighty glad to hear it. I heard tell you're in these parts. I'm a Baptist myself. I own a farm not far up the river, and my family ain't heard no preaching in a powerful long spell. Preacher, would you come and preach at my home tomorrow night? I'm always grateful for the opportunity to preach anywhere, anytime. Amen. I'll spread the word to my neighbors. I expect there will be a few folks around here who would like to hear some preaching. Praise the Lord, brother. We'll see you tomorrow night. So, Zian preached the next night at the home of William Scalorn, where almost all of Mr. Scalorn's neighbors had gathered to hear the preaching. The Bible says in Acts 4.12, Neither is there salvation in any other. Amen. For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Yes, glory. We are dwelling in a land where men have been told for many years they could be saved by a trusted Mary or the Pope. Shame, shame. But the scriptures tell us man can only be saved by trusting in yes, the finished work amen. of amen. our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes, glory. Amen. Before Zian had even finished preaching his sermon, he could see that these people were very receptive to the scripture. So, he made arrangements to come and preach there every month. Would you good people like for me to come to you and preach on a regular monthly appointment? Yes, yes. Amen. So, Zian would come and preach every month. Every time he came, the interest in the meeting would grow. And by the spring of 1839, the little meeting had broken out into a precious revival. It was during this revival that two young men, William and Jonathan Wright, who were twin brothers, both fell under conviction of their sin and were born again. Both of the Wright brothers would go on to become influential preachers in Texas. It was also about this time that Robert Baylor arrived in Texas. Brother Baylor had been an infidel in Alabama, but had been born again and become a Baptist preacher, as well as a judge in Texas. Judge Baylor and Z.N. became fast friends. Brother Baylor, will you dismiss the meeting? In prayer. Oh Lord, we thank you for something that's real, for salvation, for something that is 100% true, your Holy Bible. We thank you for the souls that were saved tonight through the preaching of your word. We beseech you to dismiss, dismiss us with your blessings. We ask this in the name of our only Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.
Zian was much encouraged to have other Bible-believing Baptist preachers to fellowship with, and the revival continued. As the revival spread and more preachers came in and up in Texas, more churches were started. Zian was called to pastor a little church not far from his home in Gonzales. Again, the Lord blessed and the church began meeting in a little country schoolhouse on the Guadalupe River. Zian stayed busy working his farm and preaching at the little church. One night while they were gone to church, some Indians actually snuck up and stole Zian's last pony right from in front of the house. Well, folks, the Indians are getting considerably ornery. I calculate we best travel to and from services together by ox cart and a wagon train formation. I reckon that way we can protect one another. So, all the members of the church got in the habit of traveling to and from church by ox cart wagon train, each family joining or leaving the group as it passed their farm. Also, they would all bring their weapons with them, and some of the men would stand outside and stand guard during the service. One night after church was over, as everybody was preparing to leave, Pastor, that sermon was a blessing. Oh, yes, indeed, it was. Praise the Lord. I'm glad it was. What is it, brother? You all right? Yes. Yes, I'm okay. I seen an engine just kill our neighbor, Dr. Witter. He won't be the only one. I reckon there's a considerable lot more out there in the dark. No doubt, brother. No doubt. Everyone, stay close together. Keep them kids in close. Everyone do your ox carts. Keep your eyes and ears open. We'll travel home by a wagon train just like we've been doing. All right, Pastor. We all stick together. Amen? Amen. Mom, are we going to be scalped tonight? Don't say that, honey. The Lord will protect us. Just pray. Honey, just pray. Everyone was scared as they moved on through the dark. They could even hear the Indians signaling each other out there in the trees. Adam, keep your eyes peeled on the right side of the road. Keep that rifle at the wheel. Yes, Pa. Everyone was afraid, thinking that the Indians would attack at any moment. And then... Someone had an idea. Pastor? Yes, baby girl. Can we all sing a hymn? Well, I think that's a wonderful idea. Brother Simon, lead us in a hymn. On Jordan stormy banks I stand and cast a wishful mind to Canaan's fair and happy land where my possessions lie. I am bound for the promised land. I am bound for the promised land. Oh, who will come and go with me? I am bound for the promised land. 
sang that old-time hymn as they drove through the night, knowing the Indians could hear them, and one by one they all arrived at their homes. Many years later, Zian said this about that night. I then thought, and yet think, that amid the solemnities of that hour, I heard the sweetest music to my soul that ever fell upon my ear. It was a lovely moonlit night. Consciousness was realized that God would protect this company of worshipers to their homes. Wow. I just have to say, that is a beautiful story. Yes, it is. The Lord is good. Well, Kim, uh, just to demonstrate how the tide was turning in Texas, uh, turning from a land of reprobate criminals and infidels, to a field of souls ripe unto harvest. Let's uh, talk about General Sam Houston. Oh, yes, yes, I have been waiting for this part. Uh, me too, actually, because this is one of my favorite parts of the story. It's awesome. So, for any of our listeners that are not from Texas, first of all, we want to extend our sympathies. Absolutely, we are so sorry. But if you're not from Texas, you may not know that uh, Sam Houston is sort of our own personal George Washington. Because he is amazing. Basically, um, as we mentioned in episode number two, he was the commander of the Texas Army that won the Texas Revolution and guaranteed freedom for Texas. The great state of Texas. Of Texas, yes. So, as a matter of fact, some of you may remember this excerpt from episode number two that took place when Zian met Sam Houston shortly after the Battle of San Jacinto. 
Hello there, you old wildcat. Welcome to the Republic of Texas. The future looks bright for this land now. Indeed it does, sir. Indeed it does. And our country owes you a great debt of gratitude. But I'm still a Baptist preacher, General. So I will remind you now, as I did many times back in old Tennessee, that no drunkard will inherit eternal life. I'm still praying for your salvation. Now, the reason for that exchange is that back in Tennessee, Sam Houston had been a successful lawyer and politician and had even been elected governor in 1827. But his life fell to pieces in 1829 when his wife declared that she didn't love him and promptly divorced him. I don't love you. I never have. Sam fell into a state of extreme depression, and resigning from politics, he went to live among the Cherokee Indians. During this time, he tried, unsuccessfully, as many will do, to drown his problems in alcohol. He would often drink himself unconscious and pass out right in the middle of the trail. Oh, my head hurts so bad. Hey, oh. I, I need some more whiskey. Oh. As a matter of fact, his drinking was so bad that the Indians literally gave him the name Big Drunk. Sam moved to Texas in 1832 and tried to turn over a new leaf. Indeed, as we have already mentioned, he was very successful in the military and in politics in Texas, but he was still bound by his sin of drunkenness. But the Lord was already working on Governor Samuel Houston. He was remarried in April of 1840 to Miss Margaret Lee from Alabama. Margaret was a born-again Christian and a devout Baptist woman who prayed every day for years that her husband would hear and receive the gospel. Oh, Lord, I don't even know what to say anymore, how to ask anymore, but my heart's desire is that Sam would be saved. Please, Lord, please send him another witness. Please lay it on his heart to come to church with me. Amen. And finally, Sam agreed to go to church. Margaret, I've decided to go to church with you on Sunday. Well, I imagine you can guess what happened. Sam Houston was born again, and he was scheduled to be baptized on November 19th of 1855. Zian Morrell, as well as a good many other Christians, were at the creek that day to witness the baptism of General Sam Houston. As they walked down to the water, the local pastor, Brother Rufus Burleson, saw that the governor still had his watch in his pocket. Sam, you'd best remove that watch or it'll be drowned. Oh, yes, of course. I forgot it was there. Brother Morrell, 
Would you hold this for me? I'll be glad to, my brother. You best give him your wallet too, General. No, I think not. I've used my money for so much evil. I think a bath would do it some good. <laughs> and so, Governor Houston and Pastor Burleson went down together into the water. Samuel Houston, do you believe that Christ died, was buried, and rose again the third day to wash away your sin? Yes, I do. And are you trusting in that and that alone to save your soul? Yes. Only the finished work of Jesus Christ could save this old sinner. Then I baptize you, my brother, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Ghost, buried in his likeness, and raised again to walk in the newness of life. Amen. As Governor Houston came up out of the creek, somebody asked him, Governor, you know that the water cannot wash away your sins, right? Now, Sam, you do know the water will not wash away your sins. Yes, I do know that. But I'll say this. If water could wash away sin, then I would feel real sorry for the fish. Now, as we said, even though Sam Houston was just one man, he is a great illustration of the larger work that God was doing in Texas. When Z.N. had first arrived in Texas, he had taken note of the many criminals and drunken degenerates that were in Texas, people much like Sam Houston. But slowly, over many years of faithfully preaching the gospel, he could now begin to see the fruit. In 1882, when Z.N. was now a very old man, he reflected on the work that God had done. When I first came to Texas, way back in 1835, there was only one Baptist church and fewer than 50 Baptist believers in all of Texas. Now, in 1882, there are over 120,000 Baptist believers in the 1,800 Baptist churches in Texas. Truly, the Lord has done a great work here in Texas. I rejoice over what I have seen God do, and I am still hopeful relative to the future. Z.N. went to be with the Lord on December the 19th of 1883 at 80 years of age. His tombstone reads, Z.N. Morell, born January the 17th of 1803, died December 19, 1883, a sinner saved by grace. So, that's where we're going to have to end the story. We uh, want to thank everyone for listening. We want to encourage you to uh, listen in to our Z and Morel bonus episode, which will be out uh, later on this week, probably tomorrow. Um, we hope that it'll, this uh, story has been a blessing to you, and uh, we uh, hope that you'll be back next week when we start the story of Obadiah Holmes. But until then, we'll finish with a scripture.
Praise ye the Lord. O give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good, for his mercy endureth forever. Who can utter the mighty acts of the Lord? Who can show forth all his praise? Psalms 106, 1 and 2.